It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tape Tuesday, so we're breaking down Florida versus South Carolina, but it's a little weird for Tape Tuesday because with all the coach movement, Dan Mullen's press conference, well, at the time of recording this earlier today, uh, we're going to talk about that. So only one segment of Tape Tuesday this week. Sorry about that, but we're going to get into this coach movement, all this changes going on only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work. And before we get into the Dan Mullen press conference, thank you guys because yesterday was the largest day in Lockdown Gators history, not just with me as the host, but ever. So thank you for that. I hope I'm doing it justice and I hope to get just better with age as we go on. But enough of that sappy stuff. Now it's time to talk about Dan Mullen's press conference. Of course, yesterday afternoon at 1 p.m., Dan Mullen had a press conference before practice. And, you know, I mean, it was one of Dan Mullen's best press conferences since he's been in Gainesville because he, one, took responsibility for things that have gone wrong. And he didn't really give anybody any issues when they asked the question. He didn't pull the whole, like, we're going to talk about recruiting and recruiting season. Of course, recruiting wasn't brought up. But, yeah, um, basically, Dan Mullen had said that he had decided he was going to make changes at the end of the year and figured, what the hell, why not rip the Band-Aid off? So that is why the co- the decision to fire defensive coordinator Todd Grantham and run game coordinator slash offensive line coach John Hevesy happened on Sunday because, well, he was going to do it anyway. Might as well get it out of the way. Might as well get started on rebuilding and starting a new coaching search and all that fun stuff. Uh, Dan Mullen also pretty much by himself uh, said, we're not better than we were at the beginning of the year. In fact, we are worse than we were at the beginning of the year. He was very open about that, that this team has essentially fallen off a cliff performance-wise. It's been just horrid to watch. It's been absolutely terrible over the past few weeks. And he understands that that's not something that can continue to go on. Uh, When talking about a possible new defensive coordinator, who will be the new defensive coordinator, Dan Mullen didn't name any names, but he did say that it's Florida. There's going to be people who want to coach here. There's going to be people that will pretty much line up for any job opportunity they can get in Gainesville. And while that might be a little hyperbolic, he's not totally wrong. This is still a high-ranking, in most cases, high-ranking SEC school and a very prestigious school. So, yeah, it makes sense. He was really, really confident in his ability to find a new defensive coordinator and that he's got a list of people to look into. But he's going to start doing that closer to the end of the week once the game plan is in set because – he said, "Once the game plan's set, I get a little bit of I get a little bit of breathing room here, and I can figure things out." So he's going to take a look at that towards the end of the season. Uh, but yeah, he's going to start looking now. But he does not anticipate making a decision until after 
the uh, after the season. And he was asked, you know, ha- has Gators athletic director Scott Strickland given you any assurances as to whether or not you will have a job here next year? And Dan Mullen said, hey, look, like the conversations that I've had with Scott Strickland are that, you know, he, he'll be here this year. He'll be here next year that they're talking long term. He didn't outright say, I've been guaranteed I'll have a job next year because, of course, we don't like if we drop one or two of these final few games, he could be given the boot. So I'm not going to guarantee anything. But Dan Mullen did say the conversations that he's had with Scott Strickland have primarily been long term uh, conversations because he said it's not about, you know, everybody has problems. You could find problems in everything. Everybody has problems. It's about finding the solution and that both Dan Mullen and Scott Strickland are confident in Dan Mullen's ability to essentially turn the ship around in Gainesville because we get it. You know, fans are calling for his head. Everyone's calling for everyone else's head. Things are happening. The team doesn't seem like they're playing hard, which Dan Mullen, you know, he was asked. He's, they essentially were like, hey, it's been 36 hours since the South Carolina game. Can you give us an explanation on what happened? And Dan Mullen was just like, I can't. <laughs> that, that that's that's it's as simple as that he said i i can't give you an explanation it's just i i don't know i can't give you an explanation for what happened in the south carolina game because you know I, he doesn't get it because he said monday through friday you know they played hard they practiced hard they competed hard which is weird because if like half the team had the flu how did they do that i just want to point that one out but also he said they played hard they competed hard they practiced hard and then Saturday, they just didn't show up, and he's never really seen that before. He's seen it where you've got to motivate Monday through Friday, but Saturday, they're going to show up. That was not the case this last week. And he also gave some clarification to a rumor going around that Anthony Richardson was cleared from concussion protocol on Thursday. He practiced Thursday. He then injured his knee on Friday while dancing at the hotel. And that is why Anthony Richardson did not play at all on Saturday. He said that he could have played, but given that he only practiced Thursday and Friday injured his knee, dancing at the hotel. Um, Yeah, <laughs> he injured his knee dancing at the hotel that he did not play on Saturday for those reasons. But he has been cleared from concussion protocol. We don't really have an update exactly on what the knee injury is, if there's if he's going to miss more time because of it, or if it was just like, hey, you're recovering from a concussion, got banged up last week and hurt his knee on Friday. Let's just keep him out Saturday. So we don't know if it's something where he will be able to play this week, next week, the week after that, a potential bowl game. But Dan Mullen has also said he's not super worried about the bowl game right now because we got to win this week. We got to win two games to be bowl eligible. And Dan Mullen said we have to win this week. We know that. And, uh, you know, he's not overlooking anybody, which he shouldn't, because he said it's never as good as you think it is, and it's never as bad as you think it is. So Dan Mullen acknowledges, you know, maybe we weren't as good as we thought we were at the start of the year. Maybe we're not as bad as we think we are right now, but things have to change. And apparently Gators higher-ups think that Dan Mullen's the guy that can do it. And at this point, we just got to roll with the likely fact that he's going to be the head coach next year, whether you like it, I like it or not. This is what we're dealing with. This is the situation at hand. So how are we going to move on from here? And I'm totally cool taking that approach. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about PrizePix? PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. I love it. And I know you will too. PrizePix offers every sport you can think of. NFL, college football, NBA, 
college basketball, MLB when it's in season, uh, soccer, uh, MMA, and more. Prospects offers more college football props than anyone in the world, which is, if you don't know, it's already incredibly difficult to find college football props. Not with prize picks. It's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. I hate myself for that too. Don't worry about that. You can get the star players of the Power Five, Jacob Copeland, Marcus Burke, if you want, by the way, doing some things out there on Saturday. Uh, or you can go for the smaller schools like Brian Kobach and Bryce Mitchell from Toledo. And you know what? They got everything. I love it. I don't care. I'm going to keep mentioning them. I don't care. Prize picks allows mixed sport entries. So you can take the over on LeBron points, the under on Mahomes interceptions. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Prizepicks is daily fantasy made easy. Use promo code locked on. That is L O C K E D, no space O N. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16 car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Now we're going to talk about the aftermath of the coach firings that happened on Sunday night. If you've been living under a rock, Florida Fire defensive coordinator Todd Grantham and run game coordinator slash offensive line coach John Hevesy. Uh, linebackers coach Christian Robinson is taking over the defensive play calling duties for the remainder of the season. And I'm mixed bag of emotions on it. I'll say that uh, because, yes, Chris, Christian Robinson is one of the youngest coaches on the staff, if he's not the youngest coach on the staff. So there's that. But also, Looking at this, it's like I, I I am a little skeptical because the linebackers have been the least reliable position group on the team, um, besides offensive line. Uh, so it seems weird to be like, hey, linebackers coach, you know, your your position group's underperforming. Take over defense coordinator like duties. But again, it's one of those things where Christian Robinson is one of the youngest coaches on the staff. We know, if you don't know, now you do, that the Gators love Christian Robinson. Love him. So maybe, maybe they're like, hey, we love him. We want to see if he's going to be here next year. Because maybe Christian Robinson turns this into just the full-time defensive coordinator of the Florida Gators. He, If he does well for the remainder of the season... I would not rule out the possibility that Christian Robinson is just promoted to defensive coordinator and we fill out the staff underneath him if they feel as though he can handle that on a full season and off season scale. But I know that a lot of Gators fans, myself included, want the Gators to hire a more experienced defensive coordinator who is also a good recruiter, which is something that well, Florida has been lacking for a little while now. And I'm very excited to see how this goes because I get I I'm a little skeptical of Christian Robinson's ability to be the defensive coordinator given how poor the linebackers have played. But also, the linebackers are not the guys that have quit. That's that's a very important thing to me at least that the linebackers are not the ones that gave up on this team. You look at Diabata; he's been playing his heart out. Jeremiah Moon's been playing well, and also this does to this does pertain to guys like Brenton Cox, who is an outside linebacker or pass rusher edge, whatever you want to call it, uh, Christian Robinson, he's under that umbrella. So I will say I'm excited to see how it goes. I'm skeptical, but I'm hoping to see 
a little more creative involvement of players like Dewan Black, like Donovan McMillan, who I know I've spoken about them both so much this season. But uh, yeah, I, I want to see because, you know, it makes no sense to go out and grab players like that if you're not going to play them one in general, but also two, if you're not going to use them the way they should be used. Dewan Black is someone who should be used like a chess piece. Instead, he's used as a special teamer. And Don McMillan, you know, should be used as a rotational third safety. Instead, he's not used. It, it's weird, but I would like to see someone like Christian Robinson, who's younger and I think will be a little bit more blitz happy, which I'm fine with because, again, I'm confident in our safeties and our corners. So if we got to get a little blitz happy and we let some things happen, I won't complain about that. That's that's cool with me. You can look at schools like Georgia, who I get it, Georgia, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know there's someone at Georgia that a lot of Gators fans want to come back to Gainesville, but I don't know how realistic that is. So I will say that if you look at defenses like Georgia, they get a little bit blitz happy, and I think that that's something we could see happen with Christian Robinson in Gainesville. But at the same time, I don't know if he's going to have enough time to install these packages and be able to really show what he's capable of as a defensive coordinator. So I don't know what we're going to see. I want to see us get more creative because again, there's no purpose in getting guys like Dewan Black and Don McMillan if you're not going to use them properly. So hopefully with Christian Robinson, that changes. And then on the offensive side of the ball, we have grad assistant Michael Celine is taking over for offensive line duties and run game coordinator. Not really, but like, sure. <laughs> He's taking over that from John Hevesy. Uh, similar to Christian Robinson, we could just be seeing how a younger coach takes on more responsibility with the team for next year because Michael Soline, uh, if you don't know, he was the run game coordinator at Nassau Community College from 2016 to 18, which I realize is like, who cares? This is the SEC, very different talent levels. Sure, but uh, you know, just look at the improvement from Nassau Community College. 2016, he had the team had less than three yards per carry, and the final two years that Michael Saline was that Michael Saline was there, they had almost five yards per carry. Great improvement was the tight end coach for Austin P in 2019. Austin P doesn't really use tight ends much, so it wasn't a huge upgrade there. <laughs> like he, he didn't do a ton. They mostly block. They don't cat, pass catch much. But he played offensive line from 2012 to 2015, joined Florida in 2020. And the thing with me is just he's got to have just mountains of potential, right? Like Michael Soleen has to just have mountains of potential. I think he's going to be a better promotion than Christian Robinson. That's not a knock on Christian Robinson. That's just Michael Soleen seems like that dude. Like he he's went from first of all, he went from playing for LIU Post, which is Long Island University Post straight to being a run game coordinator with a community college, straight to going to Austin P to Gainesville, just making those insane climbs and those insane promotions year after year is just so impressive. If you're asking me, he, he hasn't stayed at a place for a long time because he keeps getting these big promotions, even from a community college to FCS to Florida, like he, he completely skipped the group of fives, the, the power five programs besides Florida. He, he skipped the lower programs. He went from Austin P 
to Gainesville. And that is just incredible. That is an incredible promotion and an incredible jump there, but they seem to really like him in Florida right now. So seeing him and also Dan Mullen said during his press conference that he's going to spend a lot of time, a lot of time with the offensive line and Michael Soline, because that's the thing that's been pissing him off more. So Dan Mullen said he's going to spend a lot of time with the offensive line for the remainder of the season, but also Michael Soline could be taking over the reins for offensive line coach full-time next year, maybe run game coordinator, although I, I doubt that one too much. But also at the same time, you look at our offensive line play, and it's like, well, can it get worse? Like, does it matter if we're bringing up Michael Soline, given just how piss poor our offensive line played for the huge majority of this season? Like, does it matter that that Michael Soline gets a promotion? Can it get, like, can it get worse? Who cares if we're bringing up this guy who – you know, coached community college and coached at Austin P and is now here as a graduate assistant. Does that really matter? Cause it can't get much worse than John Havasey was this year. Right? So try it out for the rest of the season. Maybe you find your new run game coordinator. Maybe you find a new offensive line coach. Maybe you find both in Michael Soline. I would not put it past Dan Mullen to promote Christian Robinson and Michael Soline full-time because even in his press conference, he was saying, you know, I, I'm a loyal guy. If you know me, you know I'm a loyal guy. I, I stick to my guys. And it's like, well, he's promoting within these young guys. Maybe he's planning on keeping them around long-term if he's so loyal. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I wouldn't rule it out if I was anybody. I was a Gator fan. Anything I'd get familiar with these guys, and we're going to get familiar with them as the week goes on for sure. We're going to take a look into some things that, if possible, that we're going to look at, and then we're about to go into Tape Tuesday, which I can't wait for next week because that is hopefully going to be fun. But anybody else make money this weekend? I know I did actually. I did pretty well. Not going to lie. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, Florida. I, if you know units, five units on Florida. Uh, didn't work out for me, so that's really fun. But Bet Online covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts make sure to use promo code locked on that is l-o-c-k-e-d no space o-n for your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit it's kubota orange day shop the year's best selection of kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the usa and now through june 30 get zero percent apr for 84 months or up to 3300 off select compact tractors See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. You know how it goes. It's Tape Tuesday. Usually there's two segments of Tape Tuesday, two plays in each segment. But today, with all the coaching changes going on, of course, we've only got one segment of Tape Tuesday. Still two plays for you. Not going to change that up, but... uh. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get it started. I'm going to start with the Emory Jones interception. We're going to get to a nice play later. But for now, I'm just going to rip the bandit off. And I'm going to start with the Emory Jones interception. I'm going to play it there for you. There you go. You can watch that. That's really fun. 
But uh, yeah, so we're gonna get right into there. The Gators come out with trips on the left. Keon Zipper is the offset tight end with Jacob Copeland split out wide on the right. Uh, South Carolina is playing cover three. It's maybe Mabel coverage, which if you don't remember what Mabel coverage is, Mabel coverage is that on the trip side, so this left side right here, you play cover three. And on this right side, you play cover one. Um, that's, that's what I'm thinking I'm seeing here. Uh, it, it's not super easy to tell because, well, Jacob Copeland went vertical, so the corner also went vertical, so could be either one, but uh, all we see is that they both go vertical, and this is a play where I'm not going to necessarily kill anyone for because I try not to for miscommunications because it's impossible to be on the same page with someone no matter how much time you work with them or how much time you spend with them. It's just not possible to always be on the same page as someone. So yeah, it's a miscommunication um, more than anything else. But I mean, hey, that, that's better than most of the interceptions we've seen in Gainesville so far this year, right? That, that's just, that's a fact, right? <laughs> that it's better than most of the picks that we've seen thrown, especially some of the ones that Emery has thrown here because it's been uh, it's been rough. But yeah, I don't know if it's an option route for Jacob Copeland or I don't know if one of them, like, I don't know if it was an option route and one of them read the coverage wrong or if Jacob Copeland just thought, you know, it's an option route and I can, I can get behind this guy. I don't know if that's what it was, but the ball was pretty much getting picked off before Jacob Copeland was even ready to catch. He turned his head and the ball was in the air towards the sideline and pre yeah, pretty much being caught as he turned his head to see the ball anyway. And of course it was just caught and fell right out of bounds. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it was one of those things where it sucked that it happened. Uh, I, I'm not going to blame Emery. I'm not going to blame Jacob Copeland, uh, or at least none more than the other, because I don't know what the play call was. I don't know what was supposed to happen, but Jacob Copeland was cutting inside as he turned his head as if he was running an option route. So that's my assumption is that it was an option route and they just weren't on the same page or they did, or maybe Emory Jones was like, I'm going to throw this to the sideline because Jake Copeland should stop with it. Be, with there being a deep safety over the middle of the field, he shouldn't cut it inside. And Jacob Copeland maybe thought he could just get behind them. So there was that simple miscommunication. I will say I like that they were at least taking the deep shot here uh, because that's something that, well, we haven't seen this team do a ton consistently. So, there's that, and uh, we're going to watch this one more time as we get into it, and now we're going to take a look at the next play, which is Marcus Burke's big play from Emory Jones early on in the game. Like I said, the next play we're going to look at is the big play from Marcus, well, with Marcus Burke from Emory Jones on the deep ball. This was a fun one to watch. Uh, Marcus Burke is, of course, highly touted recruit that uh, hasn't been playing a ton because he's been injured, all that stuff. And Dan Mullen in his press conference, yes, I'm going to play this while it's off. Dan Mullen in his press conference yesterday even said, Marcus Burke is someone that they want to play, but keep his red shirt eligibility or keep his red shirt status. So they're trying to figure out ways to get him in. He's been dealing with injuries. He's been dealing with this, that, and the third, whatever it may be. But Marcus Burke is someone that they have high hopes for. They want to play. And now that he's healthy and getting at least this opportunity, from we could see him play in every game for the remainder of the season, excluding a potential bowl game, because he would still maintain his retro eligibility, I believe. Uh, this was his first performance, so he'd have 
four games, and those would be four games if you were to play every game for the rest of the season besides the pending bowl game if we are eligible, and even then if we get any games given to us, which I know that we are hoping for at least, at the very least, to get that extra practice in with the bowl weeks coming up. But uh, the defense here looks like they are in cover three cloud, and if you don't know what cover three cloud means, that means that instead of the usual cover three where it's two corners getting the deep thirds and then a safety taking the deep middle, this is two uh, safeties playing deep thirds with one corner taking the other deep third available. So one corner is, of course, playing a shorter uh, short coverage, and that is who we have with Jacob Copeland on the right side of the screen here. That's why I'm thinking, okay, it's cover three clouds. So that's what we're looking at there. Um, the defense bites incredibly hard on the play fake to Naquan right between Emory Jones. So that is why Marcus Berg was able to just run right past the defense at this point. Uh, it was just, it was great play call, great play design here. Because again, if you don't take that shot, you're a dummy. But um, no, it, it was great with the play fake to take that deep shot, especially with the safeties for South Carolina not uber athletic guys so when they bite on a play fake and then you take a deep shot you're almost definitely going to have it, especially with someone like marcus burke who can stretch the field vertically there uh if this was a better ball i think this is a touchdown like if this is thrown by anthony richardson it's either overthrown or it's a touchdown. I think those are your two options because I think Anthony Richardson is, of course, going to lead a receiver better than Emory Jones does. That's kind of a knock on Emory Jones, but it was more meant to be praised for Anthony Richardson's ability to throw a deep ball because he does tend to lead them a lot where it's either overthrown or it's a big play. And I think if, Emory, and I think if Anthony Richardson's quarterback here, that's the same situation that we get here. Uh, it, it's, it's an explosive play. I'm going to take an explosive play wherever I can get one, especially when it's throwing the ball, because my lord, the Gators have not been willing to throw the ball vertically as much as they should be here. And it, it's it's one of those plays where it's like, okay, like if we can if we could have done this, even just calling these plays more often this season, we're talking about a different season. If if Dan Mullen was willing to take more deep shots vertically down the field throughout the remainder of the season or throughout the majority of the season, this is an entirely different season that we're looking at. We're not looking at below 500 like we are right now, uh, hopefully going to be above 500 over the next two weeks. But we're going to take a look at this one more time. But yeah, Emory Jones here, great play, just beating the defense with Marcus Burke easily and getting the ball here was fantastic because – he couldn't have come closer to this ball getting deflected. So this is a fantastic play here by the Gators. Love the design. Love the uh, love Linda Mang here against South Carolina. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available free and daily wherever you listen to podcasts. Tomorrow we'll maybe take a look at what we can expect from this defense with Christian Robinson now in charge. Now make your second listen Lockdown SEC. Get all of your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes with SEC expert Chris Gordy of Sports 790. It is free and available on all platforms for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. 
Be sure to check out my pinned tweet and locked on. Know why Gator Nation has the best fan base in all of college football. And I'll see you all tomorrow. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.